Frantic Nerdcast, hosted by AJ and Brock, talking about all the nerdy things that you want to hear about. Let's get into it. Alrighty, welcome to Frantic Nerdcast. I am AJ. And I am Brock. Alrighty, we've got a big episode for you in episode three here. Uh, thank you for joining us and thank you to all those people who have continued to listen to our podcast so far. You highly appreciate it. Uh, so, without further ado, let's uh, just jump straight into what we're doing, and here it is. So, as usual, we're going to start with some sexy, sexy trailers that have been dropping lately. Uh, let's start with Godzilla and Kong. Yeah, let's start there. Now, we were going to do this one in the previous episode, but we did about 85 other trailers, so we figured let's save one for next time. Um this one doesn't have me very excited other than the fact that it's another Godzilla movie. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat of you. Like, uh, have you been watching the Monarch series? Not yet. I, I've been waiting for um, all of it to come out. Uh, once it all comes out, I've got a free subscription to Apple, so I'll just jump on then and <laughs> smash, smash it all out. Well, I think it's at episode five, and I'm not sure how many episodes is in it, but it's um, it's I've been enjoying it. Hmm. It seems like it'd be good like Monarch would be good because it doesn't just focus on Godzilla or at least what I've seen. It doesn't focus on that. It it focuses on all the other stuff around it. I think I'm up to episode three or four and Godzilla has appeared in it once. Yeah, there you go. So it it just, with only seeing the trailer for that, it seems far more about um, what's happening in the surrounding world with Monarch, how they interact, how they're battling with the fact that they've been a secret organization for years and now everyone knows who they are. It sort of seems like more that. And that, yeah. again, is only from watching the trailer. Yeah, you're pretty much spot on there. Um, but the Godzilla Godzilla X Kong or Godzilla and Kong, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, it's... <laughs> You know, there's there's a big bad new bad Kong that they've got to fight. Scar King. Scar King is that what it's called? Yeah, when I was looking into it a little bit, it's it, he's called Scar King. So, is he a new baddie or has he appeared in no, Japanese I think versions? He, I think he's been in Japanese versions before. So I'll, when I first seen the teaser trailer that came out several months ago, it was just um, sort of like a shadow of Godzilla and Co- no, it might have started with going over like the bones of um all of kong's family yeah that's that. that's in this trailer and, yeah. and then it ended just with looking at a shadow of scar king like the outline oh, of him okay, on, a, yeah. on a on a um on a throne so there it sort of hinted as to who he was going to be and there was a whole bunch of online forums etc 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 but um look wa- watching the godzilla x kong <laughs> i think we've seen the movie in two and a half minutes <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, I mean, you can't argue with giant monsters fighting giant exactly, monsters, exactly. destroying cities and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, the last one, I wasn't very excited for Godzilla no. vs. Kong, but then they had the epic showdown with Mecha Godzilla. Yeah. And that was fucking cool. He had his and, big and it, fucking lightning axe. And, and it was cool to watch on the screen. Like, it was fun to watch. It was, it was, I have no doubt that I will enjoy watching this movie. But I'm just not excited about it. I've got no expectations. It's just going to be a, monster, a couple of monsters on the screen for a while, just beating each other up. And yeah. I'm looking forward to that. But other than that, I mean, I think it <sighs> it, it came. The trailer has come out at the worst possible time, considering Godzilla minus one just came out, mm. and it is it only getting praise. Yeah, like only get like even in that trailer for Godzilla minus one. When Godzilla uses his nuke breath, like, and he sees, like, the tendrils, like, 
pop it up and it just looks fucking epic and insane. Whereas in this one, he's now got his little pink tendrils. So on that, I was actually going to ask about that. What do you think about the pink, the pink Godzilla? I don't have an issue with it. Mm. I mean, what I have an issue with Godzilla just looking really buff when he's running. I, that scene, when I see him <laughs> running down there, I'm like, we've never seen Godzilla do that. Why is he looking like he's at an absolute foot race with Usain Bolt? What is going on? He looks like a dude who's just been to the oh. gym for two, for just not concentrating on leg day, and he's just <laughs> running, and his upper body's like, oh, with his little T Rex arms. Yeah, I, I just thought that was odd. It was odd. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. But the, the pink Godzilla I'm fine with as well. I, I had a bit of a look into that and apparently it's about here Godzilla's evolution. So the idea is that apparently he's been um, sort of hibernating for however long and now that he's come out of hibernation, that's where you can see in the trailer he jumps out up out of the ice. I think that's like when he emerges in the, oh, the okay, new yep. movie. He's come out, he's been chilling out and now he's got like this pink... Um, like down his spine and whatnot. <laughs> so I had a, I had a read into it because I thought, right, Pink Godzilla, it's come from somewhere. Um, the first thing I seen was that it was evolution. Apparently, it's a, a homage to um, Toho, who's heavily That's who involved. makes the original. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So a homage to him, apparently brought out in like 2000 or something like that. But the third one, which was my favorite as to why the um, Americanized Godzilla would be, is uh, merchandising. <laughs> They've got a new good Godzilla to sell toys off. That pretty much would be the spot on reason why he is now got pink pink tendrils on his back. Oh, exactly, exactly. I, I had a look into the um, the director of this as well. So the director were, is Adam Wayward or Winyard. Uh, Wingard, sorry. And I, yeah, I can read my own writing. That's great. Um, he did uh, the previous Godzilla. So Godzilla um, vs. Kong. So he did that. Um, so, with that being said, I mean, you, it'll be similar in the way of the story. Yep. Um, but funny that he did that, though. He's done some actually pretty good movies, or movies that I quite enjoyed, being he did Death Note, the live action. The American one? The American Death Note. Mm. I didn't mind that. Yeah. wasn't great. I didn't mind it, though. Um, I'm just saying he's got capacity to have more of a story than <laughs> yeah, what he, what he enough, did. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Um, and a couple of other like horror movies, which I, I, I didn't mind that he's done. Um, I, <laughs> just come back to, I think we've seen the movie and do it up. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, I mean, God's, he's been around, for, I think it's nearly 60 years now since the first Godzilla came out and he's had 25 incarnations or something like that. I, right. I watched it. There's a little documentary on YouTube I watched mm. the other day about all the different incarnations of Godzilla. Um, and like, unfortunately for us, we've had one very subpar movie, the first Americanized one, oh. where he was a yeah, Komodo yeah, lizard. Yeah, 2000. He was a lizard. He was a Komodo <laughs> lizard that got genetically engineered by, genetically changed by a nuclear blast. That was the, that was the funniest thing that I found where there was the, um, there's the, the Asian fellow who's just talking clear, plain English until he says Godzilla and just says it in the heaviest Asian accent, but only for saying Godzilla in that movie. I just, that stuck out with me something fierce. Uh, I thought, oh my God, that is just, that explains that whole movie. Yeah. And it was, <laughs> it was, it was um, Matthew, oh, what's his name? Mm, the gadget guy, Matthew. Broderick. Broderick. Yeah. yeah. He, he had him. Yep. Uh, Hank, was it Hank Azario? 
Oh, I can't remember. Yeah, it was a long time ago. I had the uh, I'm going deeper underground <laughs> <laughs> music from uh, Jamiroquai. That was, that was probably the only good part of that oh, movie. God. But the first Godzilla of the new generation, like the Monarch mm. series of Godzilla, that mm. movie was awesome. Oh, I thought it was great. I thoroughly enjoyed that one. I loved how much he destroyed the city. Mm-hmm. Um, Kong, I liked the original Kong. That was pretty. That was a good movie. Mm-hmm. I liked that they started working in the um, the sort of the monarch world building in that one. That mm-hmm. was good. Um, and what was it? Was it the f- King, King of the Monsters they did Yeah, as well. King of the Monsters. That one shot where they do the ho- halo jump mm. out of the, with the red sky. And, mm. Oh, that shot is still one of my favorite <laughs> shots in cinema, man. That looks fucking beautiful. Mm. Um, and then kind of, yeah, Kong versus Godzilla versus Kong. A bit downhill, but... You know, what are you going well, to do? That's what happens sometimes when you get in a change, change to, in director. Yeah, in fairness <laughs> to marketing, I'm still going to go see the movie oh, at the 100%. movies, so you've done your job. <laughs> Might even uh, buy a pink Godzilla toy. That's right. <laughs> okay, speaking of pink or semi-purple, let's jump on to Halo 2 Season 2 trailer. Now, we briefly talked about Halo in the first episode from memory. Yes. Um, so we'll, we'll just go, before we start talking about the trailer, let's just do a sort of a re re thoughts on season one of uh, Halo um, and also the pink connection was referring to the spaceships but they're purple they're but, purple yeah <laughs> you guys got where I was going with that um, there, there's a needler the needler's got pink hair right? yeah uh, yeah there, there we, we go, go. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of looks like Godzilla's back the needler right, roundabout co- connection um, yeah so season one I loved everything to do with Master Chief mm-hmm. hated you didn't the, like old love yeah hated the side story mm-hmm. it was pointless didn't need to be there mm-hmm. If they just removed her and gave more time to Master Chief and his little off like ODST troops that were with him, yep. would have been phenomenal. Would have been such a better series. But even then, it was still a great series. Oh, it was fantastic. Absolutely loved the series. And I only watched it um, like a month or so ago, thereabouts, yep. and enjoyed every minute of it. Just uh, took me back to playing the games, just watching sort of a bit of that story development. Like, it, And it had really good story development as well, like touched on um, Master Chief as a kid and whatnot and how he sort of grew up in that that world of creating the Spartans and, yeah. and whatnot. So that was that it's, was really cool. That's kind of briefly been touched on uh, on online. Uh, like a, there was an online series. Hmm. I think it was just called Halo. Um like an online series that came out a while ago. It was like six episodes. It was a cartoon? No, there was the um, anime one like The Matrix did. Yeah. Um, they did a Halo 1 version of that. Yeah, yeah. It was like eight different anime stories. But yeah. this one was, it was like a series. Okay. It was like an online series. Uh, went for like eight episodes or something. It was a bit cosplay-ish, mm-hmm. but it looked, it was all good. And it gave good story arc sure, and stuff. Sure. It was done by Microsoft, I think, from memory. It was to promote Halo Whichever one, whichever one it was, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, it was enjoyable. But um, this one, I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, even the part with the um, alien chick, the adopted chick, kind of thing. It was mm. and like Halo and Master Chief got his rocks off with her. Yeah, um, that was all cool. I love the part where he was tell they all teleported to the ring, mm. and they kind of saw that. And um, so that kind of leads us into this one, which I think this season they've kind of taken all that feedback that they heard from the nerds. <laughs> In their outrage, Master Chief still looks fucking pimp. That yeah. guy that plays him is well cast, fantastic, very, very cast. well cast. I thought I enjoyed that they took his helmet off. Mm. Um, a lot of fans were angry with that because you never get to see Master Chief's face in the games. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed that oh. they took his helmet off. I don't care because you can't act through a helmet that doesn't show any part of your face. 
Oh, the Mandalorian is crap for that reason. Uh, yeah, okay, okay. Take your point. Um, like Judge Dredd, they get away with it because you can see the face. They can emote. <laughs> All right, you can't emote through no face, and it just—that's one of the main reasons I hate the Mandalorian, um, which is a completely different subject. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so um, this one—the one shot that I clearly like just popped into my head is when you see all those Covenant ships just out of mm. that smoke. And I'm like, oh, this is going to get heavy. It's a, Yeah, and that's where I thought it was. This is sort of going to be not so much how the Covenant are sort of coming to rise and whatnot. So that's sort of touched on in the first one where the Covenant has started to be heard of more throughout the galaxy. So yeah. you know they're on the rise, but you don't know like the full extent of what they can do other than the UNSC who sort of, they're like, right, the Covenant, they're bad. We need to sort them out. But everyone else is sort of like... Fuck the UNSC. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And where this one seems to be almost on the cusp of where the covenant is like, hey, here we are. Everybody's fucked, not yep. just the UNSC. And that seems like it's going to be a really, really cool story to see unfold. From the from the trailer, the bit that got me, I think it was about halfway through. It sort of it was almost like the first half of the trailer was just sort of, hey, here's everybody from the first one. Yep. Here's the characters and whatnot. And then it, they change the, the score of music in it. It goes dark and then all you see is um, one of the bloody, uh, what are they called? The, um, I actually wrote it. It was, not a, it was a brute? No, nah, it's uh, not a brute or it might be a brute. Either way, he just comes out with his laser sword. The laser sword just oh, comes elite. out and he starts- Oh, yeah, the elite. The elite. Yep. So the elite comes through, breaks out his sword and just starts cutting him down like that. Just drew me even further into like, oh my God. God, they, is- the elites look so good in it too. They really do. They really Great. do. Um, I, yeah, I thoroughly do it. I, and then the big shot of the ring right at the end of it, the halo right awesome. at the end of it. I was like, yeah. So even like the start of it, they just um, they draw you in with that nostalgic Halo music. So just having that in the background right at the start of it, you're like, oh, okay, I'm in. <laughs> and Cortana. Cortana is so, one of my favorite parts of Halo, the so, games and stuff, and she's awesome. Because I watched um, Halo so recently, um, I they've completely changed her. So that was one of the things that I was gonna, I'm gonna be interested to see because, like the Cortana, she's part of a program, right? Yep. And the, the it's the Cortana program or whatever it is, like in the games, where she is one AI of many, yes. and the and the AIs only last for seven years. So I'm actually interested to know if that's actually Cortana in the short, or if it's um, sort of the next piece of that AI development, because yeah. it was it was different enough to say hang on what's going on there like is it because it, it caught me straight away i'm like hang on that wasn't cortana or or have they just changed the um graphic representation of it? And I, being cgi i didn't think they would have changed it that much because oh, i think the first season she's based on the doctor correct so i think this one they've started converting him to look more like the game hmm. cortana sure because i believe she's voiced by the game's Voice artist. Yes. Um, so, I, and I think, so I think they've kind of lent more into okay. making it look more like mm. the game. That's my thoughts on it. The, the other thought that I actually had was- And she's um, the beta version, remember, as well. Yes, she's correct. the OG Katana, yes, so I yes. don't think they'll go into the network yet. And, and the other thing that I thought is um, because like the, and this will be a spoiler for those who haven't watched um, <laughs> the uh, first season, but it ends with uh, Master Chief dying. 
Yeah. And then Cortana takes over his body because, like, that was the goal of the um, the um, Cortana program yep. is for them to occupy the Spartans. So I thought it might have actually been tying heavily into how he's getting his memory back and then they didn't want it to be um, the Doctor to trigger. So actually changing the face of it so that this is Cortana, it's not the previous version. Yeah, so it might be a 2.0 Cortana. Yeah, kind of like that. Like, or almost like the same Cortana looks different, sort of. Maybe, her, maybe she's gone from being programmed after the Doctor to Correct. now rewriting yeah. her code to be an individual yeah. AI or something like that. Yeah, that was sort of like my other thought. Um, I think that's more likely, but I, I still think it'd be cool to see sort of that development of the AI program yeah. to see it expanded. Do you well. think they're going to bring in the, um, oh, what are they called? God, it's been so long since I played Halo. The the robots, the, the, the founders, is that what they're called? I think they will, but I mean, if we've got, okay, we've got season one, 2022, we've got season two coming out early 2024 like are they going to do it long term because if they're going to do it long term then yeah i think they'll come out at some point in time. because mm. i think from memory they said it wasn't connected to the games this was its own universe mm. um it wasn't a prequel to the games this sure. was a, like a alternate timeline kind okay. of situation when the first season came out so this master chief isn't the master chief from the games okay is what i remember hearing so it can really go any route it wants to Hmm. But I think they'd still stick pretty close to the lore of the games in, and all that kind of stuff. In some way, shape, or form, you'd expect it to, because I mean, the Halo had to come from somewhere. Like, yeah. how did it come to be? Like, it'll be interesting to see how they explain that. And as you said, if it is the the founders and whatever, because I mean, at the moment, it's they're just called the bit, founders, aren't they? Oh, I can't remember. But, yeah, something but like that. That's going to stick with me even when I find out what it really yeah. is. Um, and even that's like an AI program itself that sort of currently does and looks after and occupies the. Um, the like the halo program yeah. so to speak uh and I, I can't imagine they'll being the flood in that's just they're only still introducing the covenant so the flood oh the flood won't come in this yeah. this one the, the, if, that'd be like season four if they were coming i reckon even exactly even like they're they're ages away but i imagine this, this i reckon this show could be an sg1 style length oh, 100%, show percent yeah because there's so much law that they can use it's just and this fan base is gigantic. Mm -hmm. As long as they don't piss enough people off, they should be able to continue going with it. I reckon. I agree. I um, agree. One of the uh, one of the other things which I hope they continue to do is uh, in just season one. One of my favorite moments of season one is just that first episode when the Covenant are attacking and Master Chief just fucking drops down and just does that superhero oh, yeah. landing on the... And then just proceeds to fuck fucking <laughs> things up. I hope they do another thing like that. I reckon that's how they'll bring him back in the first episode. Like he's fully recharged and just drops into a battle and just starts fucking some <laughs> things up. Oh, look, it will be pretty cool to see that. Um, and they've introduced straight away, uh, or at least during the trailer, what appears to be another blessed one. Oh, yes, yes. So they did. I did pick up that, I mean... I think that's going to be a very big continuation through the any of the series, like these Blessed Ones. I think they're going to be throughout the galaxy and they'll start to get more and more and more. Rather than being, oh, there was one, oh, shit, two, this is incredible. There'll be heaps. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, all right, so that is the Halo 2 season trailer. What did you guys think about that? If you uh, want to have some thoughts about it, chuck them in the comments on Facebook and... Uh, We'll uh, have a chat to you about it. 
so our last trailer, we've only got three trailers this week, funnily enough. It's uh, weird considering the last ones we had 25 million. Uh, and Dune 2 trailer, or Dune, Dune, however you want to say it. Uh, and this one, the newest trailer, actually just dropped today, like a couple of hours before we started recording this, this podcast. Um, now, your thoughts, uh, have you ever read the book of... I was going to sort of start with that. Like, I have no history or tie to Dune. I've only seen the first movie, as okay. in the movie that came out earlier this year or later. Okay, so you haven't was. seen the David... Have, haven't seen the, the one from back in what, the 70s or yep. whatever it was. Uh, haven't haven't read the, 80s, yeah. the books. Um, so, so you, got, you don't I've really no, know what's going to happen in this I've chunk. I've got absolutely no idea what... It's going on whatsoever. Okay. So pretty much, essentially, this won't ruin anything for you at mm. all. Um, doing the, the OG book mm. does not qualify two movies that go for three hours. I'll just tell you that much. It's a very small book. Um, it's very politically dense book. That's the so, one thing about it. So this is part two to book one, is yes. it? Yes. Okay. So to the OG Dune book. Sure, sure. Um, and it's very politically heavy, which is why the first movie, not much happened in it. Well, that, that's what I was going to say. Like, it, it's one of those movies where um, a really good cinematic experience, from what I could tell. Yeah. Like, I, I didn't watch it at the at the cinemas. I watched oh, it at home. Beautiful. And even when I watched it at home, I thought, oh, this is like, this is cool to watch. Like, I didn't get, like, really drawn into the story or anything like that. But I, I, I just... I did get drawn in at points to um, like some of the acting and whatnot and yep. how they were sort of doing it because, I mean, it's got a brilliant cast. Um, so getting drawn in by that, I think I would have enjoyed it more if I did go see it at the cinema. So oh, yeah. I, I'm going to make a point of going to see this one at the so cinema. So essentially the first half of the book or third of the book, whatever you want to say, is pretty much a political story. Sure. Not much action or anything happens in it. It's at the back end of the book where all the action happens. Right. Which, funnily enough, is the second part of the movie. Right. So, like, I, some of my mates, we went to the movies and watched it, and they came out and they fucking hated it. They're like, that was the most boring fucking thing I've ever seen. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can get where you come. I personally loved it as a cinema nerd. It was beautiful. But, um, yeah, the second one's where most of the story kind of happens. And essentially, so your first book is Dune, mm -hmm. then you have um, God Emperor of Dune, and then Children of Dune. Cool. So they're the three, that's the OG trilogy. Sure. Uh, and then there's a whole heap after that, which there are like other writers, like Frank Herbert didn't write those ones. And there's a whole, like, he's, I think his son wrote some. <laughs> uh, there's like, I think there's nearly 15 or 16 something books, 20 mm. books, something like that. Um, but essentially, yeah, it's... Just this trailer, watching it, it is going to be visually beautiful again. So, so is that from the first trailer or the second trailer? Because the first trailer, I didn't get much other than and oh, just hey, here's all the characters again. And so sort this, of the newest off. trailer that dropped today, yep. it is sexy as hell. Like right. it just looks absolutely beautiful. So essentially, um, in Dune, the book, um, pretty much, how do I'll do this just in case. Uh, if you don't want to know this, I mean, Dune's been out for a long fucking time. There's well, been if the movie was in the seventies. The book came out first. I think it was. I think the movie was the the David Lynch movie was the eighties. I think from memory. Right, right. Um, so essentially, in the trailer, we see Jared Leto's character, the bald white 
skin mm. dude. Um, that's who Sting played in the original movie. He's right. one of um, the Baron's kids. He's like um, the big fat dude yep. in the oil in the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, he's one of his he's like a psychopath like he just does not have emotion he just kills fucking anything like you see him with that knife just slice that chicken oh, that neck comes through in the trailer in the trailer <laughs> um, that's that kind of person that he is so he's kind of a little bit of a threat towards the end of the movie um, will be towards the end of the movie um, you see um, Florence Florence Pugh mm-hmm. in it she's the empress's daughter so yep. she's like the princess Um then you've also got uh, essentially you see the mum and she had all those tattoos all mm-hmm. over her face mm-hmm. and the, she pretty much becomes like a high priestess of sure. the Fremen. Which is so, what she was trying to not do in the first one. Essentially, yeah. yeah. So because she's got Benny Gesserit powers, which are the witches, mm. she kind of becomes similar and then she starts to the um the spice that's why her eyes are blue mm-hmm. the spice essentially starts to make her get visions and all this kind of stuff and she gets visions of the uh the prophecy sure. of Muad'Dib who is um the one who will um bring peace to Arrakis essentially okay. um and she thinks it's going to be Paul mm-hmm. who's the kid um and there's not much more I can really say without ruining the movie for a lot of people. I mean, it won't ruin it because everyone's seen it. Um, in my opinion, before you watch this, people need to go and find the Sci-Fi Channel. If you remember the Sci-Fi Channel from way back in the day, that still exists. They, they did a three-part mini series of it. Okay. So three movie-length episodes of the original Dune, and then they had another sequel to it which they called Children of Dune, which was a three-part series of God Emperor Dune and Children of Dune. Mm-hmm. So the first one was God Emperor and then two episodes of Children of Dune. Sure. Um, in my personal opinion, like the effects are pretty shitty. Like at some points they're walking down dunes and you can quietly see, clearly see it's a backdrop behind it. Um, <laughs> they're, my, they're my favorite tellings of Dune. Mm. They're phenomenal. I'll watch them any day of the week. They're brilliant. So if you can find copies of them, go out, watch them. And that'll prepare you for this this movie, which will tell the same story, just in a much, much higher budgeted, budgeted <laughs> grandiose thing. But the trailer, just that one scene where all the Harkonnen soldiers are standing there and the desert storm's coming and you see the fucking worms <laughs> just come out. Oh, that looks amazing. And that's like when they, in the trailer, they talk about... Um, it's a power, the Benny Gesserit's like, it's a power we've never seen before. Mm. Like, she's talking about the um, sand power. Yeah. And it's all about like the worms. And if you can control the worms, you control the racks. Because if you control the spice, you can control the racks, sure, sure. essentially. Um, and that, that's that whole thing. But it just looks epic. And it, do, it does. It looks like a cinema epic. It, it looks like it'd be absolutely fantastic. But it'll just be um, drawn to being even better if you're there watching it up on... Um, on the big screen, oh, it has to be all the, the surrounds, all the sounds. I yep. can just feel, feel like some of those scenes you're seeing them in the trailer as they happen on the big screen. I reckon you'll just feel the music just pumping <laughs> through. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> so I think I think it'll be awesome. Like, you'll get some Nolan sound <laughs> kind of sound effects, and it's just, it's going to be awesome. Um, for those of you that saw the first movie and like, yeah, it's a piece of shit. Watch this one. It's going to be good. It will be very, very well done. And like the cast is phenomenal and it's just, it's going to be cinematically beautiful. So I highly recommend, recommend you, uh, you go and check that one out. Uh, Alrighty. 
Okay, so on to some anime talk now. Uh, so this episode, we thought we would have a chat about what was the anime that started it all for us? What are our uh, what created the nerd cartoon fascination? I think that this is um, for a lot of Australians growing up in the nineties. I don't think it was actually a particular anime. It was Cheese TV. <laughs> Love Cheese TV. <laughs> I mean, Cheese TV like came out with this, like the simple one. Like it had your, your Pokemon, your Digimon, your Yu-Gi-Oh, Sailor Moon, Dragon Ball Z. All those sorts of shows were on Cheese TV. Yeah, so it had you, uh, Techno Man, which was one of my Techno favorites Man, from back in the day. It had, I had a, I think it had Gundam on it at one point as well. Or no, so, I don't think so. No, no, I was no, having no, a look Gundam. through the list. I, there was something I seen that was like it um, might have later on towards yeah, the end of it. But yep. Yeah, didn't it start? But either way, like I mean, that ran for years like um, yeah, 93 94 something like that through to about like late 90s Probably early any. 2000s thereabouts and just played all these sorts of things on repeat so i for me from an anime perspective like that was a starting point like yeah. it got me heavily into all those types of shows in particular dragon ball z um that was my start yeah. and for those of you uh those american uh, listen, non-Australian listeners, should I say. Uh, Cheese TV essentially was Monday to Friday, 7.30am through to... No, 7 7am through to 8.30am before school. Like mm-hmm. uh, they had three different shows, an episode of each, and, yeah, they just run through them. And I think the, it started off, it was like Techno Man at 7. Uh, God, I can't even remember oh, what cartoons were. But it used to depend on the um, the the day of the week as well. Because if you on Friday, they used to have their special show in the oh, morning. So it was right, like yeah. their new release or whatever. Yeah. So you had to get the prime time slot and that was whatever. Like it was the one that was currently being like um, made and released. Yeah. I, th- I time, think an American equivalent, I think, um, I think Disney Channel did it for a while where they right. had like their morning cartoon segment kind well, of thing. I, I was going to say the biggest thing that- like, Cartoon I've, Network did it with- like their morning yeah, things sure, and stuff sure. like that as well. I think I was going to say, like, I mean, it's it's pretty much your your Saturday morning cartoons, but it was every day of the week. <laughs> so was it was it Dragon Ball Z that like was that Dra- the main Dragon one Ball Z? Dragon Ball Z was definitely the main one of all of those. But um, look, I've definitely got ties to each of them at some point in time as well. What was uh, what was your favorite portion? Of- oh shit! And the microphone fell over. What was your favorite <laughs> portion of DBZ? That was definitely scripted. Um, like what sort of chunk of DBZ was your favourite? What chunk yeah. was my favourite? Saga or whatever you want to call them. Um, I I quite liked the Namek arc. Yep. Just because it sort of, I mean, it ended with the Super Saiyan. So that yeah. was like the, it, that was the build up for the first bloody however long or however many episodes until that happened. So that build and seeing that happen, that was awesome but i mean i think the story just seeing it all happen on the namekian world um and then with uh your vegeta really like his character build and how he is just portrayed as an absolute dickhead but he's on the good side yeah like the way that he's because that's of, kind of where he's, his turn started in the yeah, Namek saga. exactly and just to sort of see how he comes around see how gohan sort of starts to expand as well and like you watch him go from that little kid who's just the a little bitch exactly yep. the, the little little erratic bitch is just whenever he gets cranky he blows a gasket into into or, actually, actually, or nags yeah yeah and, <laughs> and you see him sort of grow into what 
he um he's capable of or, yeah. or not even what he's capable of but it sort of give, it shows where he can go yeah now that that was probably my favorite saga the second my second favorite would have been easily the um the cell saga yeah see that was my favorite is the cell the start of the cell saga so not the um kind of actually no it's so sort of be the, the, so it'll be the android saga rather than the cell saga no sorry it's the, the, the end of the cell saga so my favorite part is when gohan when they when he first turned super saiyan 2 yeah and just oh, the, epic. the haircut the that he has when he's got the little yeah. little emo fringe yeah, thing yeah. at the front. He had the um the mimic and like Piccolo's shoulder pads mm-hmm. with Piccolo's outfit on. Just looked pimp. And then like when he's doing that Kamehameha uh, cell and just mm. with Super Saiyan two hair flowing and Goku's ghost behind him. Yep. That shit was fucking epic, yeah, man. Yeah. I still remember that. And they never, never sort of matched that epicness in my opinion. Like afterwards with the Martian Boo saga and all that mm. kind of stuff. And, Margin Boo was all right, but it wasn't. It was definitely not as good as the other ones. Um, ha- have you watched much of Super? I watched up until the end of the mo- the the main series, yep. and they've restarted it again. I think. Oh, I, I don't know if they've restarted it or they're just expanding on it. I'm not exactly sure. But so I, I watched to the end of the Universal Tournament. Sure. So where they had the big tournament with all the different universes yeah, yeah, and the yeah. different Kai's and all that kind of stuff. So, I watched uh, to the end of that. Right. So I, I had a bit of a look into it um, the other week and it was like a two minute look into it because I then got distracted by something else. But um, it seems like they've picked up from there. Okay. And yep. they're sort of going through it now. So, and that, and when I say that, that's from the um, English dubbed portion. Yep. I don't actually know how far the um, Japanese version has actually gotten. Okay. Because... Yeah. Because it seems like Japanese versions a lot further along that. So I watched it just with um, English subs and watched it through yep. the whole thing like a, a few years ago. Now I thought it was actually really good. Oh, it was great! I loved, I loved Super. I think it was fantastic. I thought it was really, really well done. I think the one thing that they um, were definitely pulling at though to try and keep people enthralled is um, there are just way there are so many versions of Super Saiyan now that it's hard to keep track of. Oh, it's the God, and then there's one above God yeah, now, and it, blue hair, fucking red hair, pink hair. It's funny because there, there's um there's a little scene that I, I've seen a couple of times now where it's um Goku comes through and he go he goes, this is called a Super Saiyan. This is called a Super Saiyan yeah. who's ascended a Super Saiyan or a Super Saiyan two. And then he goes three and then four, five as he's walking. And then it's like, gets to three, four, five. And then- Well, four, they then, stopped being called Super Saiyan after four. Uh, no, they did, I'm sure they did a four and a five. Oh, no, sorry. Super Dragon Ball Z and Super don't have correct. four. Uh, four correct. is GT. Yes, correct. So then that's not canon and, anymore. Yeah, correct. But in this one scene that I've seen, I think is actually within Super. Okay, yeah. And he goes, and that's what I mean. It's actually him walking and he's going through all the things. I don't know if it's an edit or whatnot, but I've just seen it a couple of times where he sort of goes through all okay, of that whilst yeah. he's walking towards what would be yeah, the, cause the I camera. Because four, Super Saiyan 4 was in GT yeah. and essentially they had to become an Azuru mm. and then focus, then become a golden Azuru yeah, and then yeah. focus their energy to become Super Saiyan 4. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Vegeta did a boomer. Bulma made him a device uh, to make him do it, or something like yeah. that. When Vegeta did it, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and then they get the Super Saiyan God. Uh, uh, sorry, they get to um, Saiyan God, but then when, which is the purple, I think, or the pink or purple, and then when they go blue, that is Super Saiyan God. Yeah, so he yeah, comes so back in. <laughs> blue was, I think, blue happened in that Freezer movie, the movie which was the start of Super Season. So I think it was mm. blue first, and then they went to. 
pink, mate. Yeah, it could, pink. I think it was blue, blue was pink. just like Super Saiyan Instinct or something like that. <laughs> oh, I think they no, called that, it. That's the Ultra Instinct. Ultra Instinct. Because right, that that's right at the end when he goes silver. When Goku goes oh, silver. Oh, okay. Because yep. then, because the idea is Goku picks up on the um, Ultra instinct so he gets his ultra instinct in portions because it's like ultra instinct at first is um purely defensive so you can't attack you're just basically invulnerable like nobody can hit you because you always get out of the way yeah but then becoming complete ultra instinct is when you're able to adapt and use it to attack as well so um... he gets that through the super series and then my understanding now and i haven't actually watched this so i don't know the full piece but vegeta obviously is always chasing goku yep. trying to better and yada yada but he sort of he gets his own his own thing which is usually like Vegeta's now Super Saiyan Blue, but better, like type of thing. Oh, okay, yep, yep. <laughs> and he, so he's now rather than ha Goku's got Ultra Instinct, and Vegeta now has Ultra e Ultra Instinct. He's got Ultra Ego. Ah, uh, okay. So, and which is basically his pink hair goes a little purple. Uh, and he gets cranky. So, it, like I said, he get Vegeta always gets us the scraps of. Super Saiyan Blue, but better, or <laughs> Ultra Instinct. Except it's actually Super Saiyan, but extra ego. And yep. it's like, <laughs> but in saying that, when I um again, I've just seen a snippet of it. <laughs> it looked pretty damn cool when it happened. Oh, nice. <laughs> well, um, I think that's a good pick. That's some good cheese TV. You gave us a lot. Mm. Um, my pick for the anime that started it all for me is an anime called Robotech. Which I think, I've not actually said. I don't know if I've seen it. Well, I think we briefly talked about it in episode one. I might have brought it up. But essentially, uh, yeah, we did. We talked about it in episode one. But um, Robotech was three animes that uh, Hasbro, uh, not Hasbro, um, uh, one of the companies in America brought over and they got three because they had to get enough episodes to make it syndicated. Uh, because it was like a 65 episode count or something to get a show syndicated. So they bought these three different animes, merged them together, and then made a story that connected them all. Uh, so essentially, um, the episode, this series were Super Dimension Macro Macross Fortress, which was the first series, which they called the Macross Arc. Uh, then Super Dimension Cavalry Southern Cross. We, and then Genesis Climber was the third season. So the first season uh, pretty much focuses on uh, humans who discover an alien ship that crashed on Earth, and then they sort of um, develop robotic technology from it. They rebuild the ship, and then these aliens come and attack it, and they're trying, and the humans have to fight them off. These aliens are called the Zentradi, and they're after this thing called protoculture, essentially. Um, and it's got the planes that fly around, and the planes can transform into humanoid-style things. Um, now, there was a big lawsuit with Hasbro... <laughs> Of course there was. Who owned the rights to that airplane because that airplane, when it was a toy in Japan, it wasn't a Transformer. It was one of the company, one of the toys that the Transformer line takes from, like Diaclone and all that kind of stuff, right. um, when they were imported over because they just licensed all these toys, like three different toy companies, and then sure. combined them all and sure. made them Transformers. <laughs> one of those toys was a toy version of this plane from Macross. And it became Jetfire and Transformers. Right. So there was a massive lawsuit over who actually owned the rights to that plane in America. Uh, so that was a big, that was one of the many lawsuits that has gone around Robotech. Um, so essentially then the second season takes off and it's a second war against the Masters as a result of the war with the Zentradi leaving the planet covered in plants. And uh, these Masters discovered these plants as a source of protoculture, um, which then draws another baddie called um, 
the next um, baddie to take to take and fight the planet, and they kind of um, it's based sort of as if humans have left Earth, right. and now they're sending like teams back to Earth to try and take the Earth back from these aliens. Right. And that's the third season. That's why none of the main characters from the other seasons are kind of in this season. That's the way they explained it. Um, but my early, one of my earliest actual memories, not just with anime, but my earliest memories is sitting on a blanket in our lounge room of my childhood home with the old tube TV watching VHS copies of Robotech completely out of order. Um, never oh, you ever just, watched them in did, order. Oh, it didn't matter what one was coming on. You'd watch it. You go, this is brilliant. Yeah. The, it's funny you say that. Like even with um, Dragon Ball Z, the first time I actually watched it in sequence, I think I was about maybe 20 years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. <laughs> I watched it start to finish. And um, So Robotech then kind of carried on after that. They did a sequel series and uh, they did some movies which didn't succeed very well. Um they then tried to do another series. It fell through, and then they eventually released one called The Shadow Chronicles, mm. um, which wasn't very good. Um, but it's a completely different story to the actual stories of the original animes. It's completely <laughs> redubbed, completely different story. Uh, they're loose connections because, obviously, it's the same footage, mm. but other than that, stories are very different. And it's just one of those things. There was a, um, a really good video game that came out called Battle Cry, um, and it was play. It was on like the GameCube, PlayStation Two, I think. I think I'm trying to think. It's, and you, you flew around. It was like just one. You flew around. And you just blew the shit out of a whole heap of battle droids and stuff like that. And it was great. There was also it was my first, second Kickstarter, of my many Kickstarters was Robotech Battles RPG. I think it was called. It's a miniature game. And it's one of the biggest debacles slash flops in Kickstarter history with board games. And if anyone out there liked Robotech, you'll understand what I'm talking about because it went, fuck, it went so bad. And the minis had so many little pieces that just, <laughs> you glue your fingers together five million times trying to put these fucking jets um, together. That doesn't sound like something that minis do. No, ever. but um, I highly recommend Robotech. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere or anything like that, but you can get the DVD collections and each collection is this different sort of series slash sagas. Um it's a great watch. It holds up. I've only just recently rewatched the Macro Saga. Mm -hmm. um, it holds up well. Uh, some animes from back in the day, like we're just talking Techno Man, I rewatched that a few years back. <laughs> Hadn't watched it since it was on Cheese TV, mm. so 90s. Yep. And then uh, when I was in America about 10 years ago, I bought the DVD set. Sat in my cover for a long time. I'm going to put it on. I started watching it. Doesn't hold up. <laughs> Does not hold up uh, the some uh, stuff. Just yeah, the dialogue is fucking atrocious. <laughs> um, but then I, I did find about halfway through, I started getting back into it and just letting the uh, dialogue sort of bypass <laughs> and started enjoying the show more. Um, but yeah, so Robotech's my my childhood. But like you're saying, like Dragon Ball Z, the, the OG mm. Digimon, all those kind of things. They all founded it for me. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, Robotech's my earliest memory, so I think that's why that's number one. <laughs> Very good. Uh, it's not my favourite anime. Like Gundam, like I said last time, episode, Gundam is my number one, but Robotech is like, it's right there on the heels. <laughs> very, very much so. Uh, very good. All righty. TV shows. Okay, so now we are on to TV shows, and this episode we are going to chat about a show that finished... Oh, I'm going to say... About a month ago. About a month ago. Yeah, month, time month of recording. And, and that is Loki Season 
too. So before we start, there are going to be some spoilers in this one. If you haven't watched it, and if you haven't watched it, stop listening. Go and watch the show and come back. It yeah. is phenomenal. Yeah. So I've got I've got a general rule which. Uh, It'll probably end up being in this podcast most of the time. And that is, if you haven't seen it in three weeks, you're not a fan and spoilers shouldn't really fucking matter that much. That's my philosophy. Uh, see, I, I, we, we can discuss, I think, a little bit longer than three weeks. Three no. weeks is cutting it very, very no, close. If you're a fan, what if you that? haven't seen it in three weeks, <laughs> it's your own fucking fault. No, actually, what we'll do is for our, for our, our limited um, personnel that we've got on Facebook at the moment, we'll put up a poll, <laughs> see if we can get some times, and then we'll, we'll see where we end and up. We'll, we'll make I, it that, yeah, right. I, I think three weeks is cutting it a bit close. Right, we'll, we'll put up the poll on the Facebook page, and you guys, <laughs> you tell us how long is a spoiler-free period. Uh, so, Loki Season 2. Um, season 1. Season 1, that was... a that was a tough thing to follow because that season was, that was epic. That was by far the best thing Marvel put out since the end of the game. It was incredible. Like, and and I think you've hit the nail on the head. It really was the best thing that has come out since Endgame. And even, I mean, with everything else that has come out since Endgame, it's still up there. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I'm not, I'm not, well, I'm like going to be bitchy about all these fucking things that are coming out for Marvel because I liked them all. I don't care what it was. It's, a lot of these people on the internet like to troll and all that kind of stuff, and they like to say, oh, this movie was shit, that movie was shit, I can't believe it. Like, they're just dropped in quality. They haven't dropped in quality. I mean, Endgame was the big culmination of 10 years, and now they've kind of just restarted it again. It's imagine, like, if Iron Man came out after Endgame, everyone would go, Iron Man's fucking shit, it's well, not good. Well, we touched on this before when yeah. we were talking about the Marvels. Like, the Marvels is getting an absolutely massive um, shit-talking and absolute spanking at the moment. And, I mean, you look back... And Iron Man 2 and 3. I'm yeah. pretty sure it was 3. Yeah. Like, it copped very, very similar flack. But, I mean, all the movies are, they're good movies. It's yeah, just exactly. people want to whinge and stuff like that. They're, they're good movies. All the movies have been good so far, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about, like, <laughs> we're getting sidetracked. Oh, I'm getting aggressive at people being aggressive. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I loved season one. I thought it was great. I thoroughly loved how it ended. Yes. Um, I'm going to chuck out my only one criticism with this season to start off with, just so I can get it out of the way. Sylvie's fucking hair. <laughs> I thought the same thing. What the actual fuck? Why think, would you give her okay, a fucking I, mullet? I think it was reflective of the era that she was in. No, <laughs> yes, I don't was. care. It's no. fucking horrible. It I, was I, by far, every time she came on camera, I was distracted from the scene. I'm like, the fuck is going on with your head? I take your point, but I do you look think like a fucking Eshe. Just... <laughs> they were playing into the era. Yeah, she's walking in. Oh, yeah, you want to fucking buy some drugs off a of Loki, eh? I'm a fucking Eshe. <laughs> look at me in me fucking mullet. Oh, God. All right, well, there's your one criticism. Let's talk the positives. <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking mullet. Uh, I haven't written anything else. That was pretty much all I've written. <laughs> no. Um, uh, from the get-go, the time slipping. Oh, that it was awesome. It looked so good. It looked so good. The one thing is, like, it looked that good that you could feel it. Oh, yeah. Like, like, every time that he came onto the screen and just went into that massive, like, his whole body being contorted and whatnot on the spot, like... You do, like your body, like me personally, I would sit there and just sort of like tense and almost like cringe and like, oh, 
fuck? Well, I think there's even like, part of it where him and Mo- Mobius are talking. He's like, does it hurt? Like, does it look oh, like yeah. it hurts? Yeah. And he's like, no, no. No, no, no. no. And then he's he like, comes back and he terrible. goes, I'm sorry, I can't lie to you. That looks yeah. horrible. Like, and you feel it. And yep. the way it was done was amazing. But also- It would have been hilarious to see on set. Oh, yeah, it would have. <laughs> <laughs> and um, watching the way that the time slip um, develops throughout the series. Yeah. The way that he sort of, um, it just sort of happens and he starts to get control of it and builds on that control and you just see, and that sort of all comes into like the character progression and whatnot of Loki. Yeah. But it was really cool to see where it started and where it got to. Yeah, 100%, 100%. Um, I just, it was just, looked freaking awesome. Um, the- so, I mean, okay, so... If we want to start from the start, I mean, that that ultimately is where season two starts. It yeah. starts with Loki going through some time slipping and straight away you're just kind of like, fuck, he's jumping around everywhere. Like he's going between time and across spaces and whatnot. What the fuck is going to happen in this season? Yeah. Like it literally just brings you straight into it and it leaves you there for, I reckon, a good like 20 minutes, 15, yeah. 20 minutes of episode one. You're just sitting on the on the edge of your seat thinking, what the fuck is happening? what is going on and what is going to happen next. Like you just have no idea. And I thought that was so well done yep. just to set the tone for um, the season of you, you're always going to be guessing what's coming next. You're not sure what, how it's going to happen or what's going to happen. I thought that was really, really well done. Yes. No, I a hundred percent agree with that. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed um the introduction of what was uh, old OB? mate, yeah, Ob man, he was, he was awesome. He was great. I love that scene where, which I'll I'll say this after this, but I love the scene where he's talk, they're talking to Mobius and Loki, and then Loki jumps, yeah, yeah. back to him in the past and yep. tells him, and then they're having that conversation over time. Mm. I love that part. I mean, I've se- I've heard people online complaining about that doesn't follow the rules for time travel that was set up in Endgame, and apparently the yeah, direct- but they're outside of time. The director came in and goes, yeah, they're not. In, they're outside of time. They're yeah. in the TVA. They follow different rules. Exactly. Like, yeah, that's fair enough. I'd, I'd buy that. I mean, yeah. time travel is not a real thing. Exactly. And, I mean, and I mean, up. like the fact that, I mean, oh, Jesus Christ, the fact that he's actually time slipping goes against the rules of the TVA as yeah. well. Like, I mean, they say that in the show, yeah. which means, fuck, <laughs> like it's it's going to happen. Like, it's one of those things. Put it on screen. It's going to happen. Just enjoy it. <laughs> and um, I thoroughly enjoyed the part of like Loki's, Feeling his inability, he feel like the feelings. You can see he gets that feel of the inability to be able to change anything. Correct. Yeah, every time he tries to change something, he just gets that in that crushing inability. Of it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work, and that progresses towards the end of the series where it's everything fails on mm. him trying to do. And what what I think that that ties in really well with is, I mean, the history of Loki. Like he was always doing the negative thing, the bad thing. Like he says it several times in the show. I'm the bad guy. Yeah. And it sort of plays on that where he is trying so hard to not be the bad guy and to do something good. And it's almost like the tale of, sorry, mate, you just can't. You are the bad. And they did that really well. Like just, I'm the bad guy and I'm doing everything to not be the bad guy. And I just can't. I mean, he spent what? They worked it out. I can't remember if it was hundreds uh, hundreds or thousands of years. I think it was... Three, I think it was three centuries. Yeah, 
he spent learning so through, astral so, dynamic theoretical, theoretical dynamics or whatever it was. So to, exactly. So in in like the way of the the um the Norse gods and whatever and however that sort of portrays, like they live for thousands of years. But even so, like that's three hundred years of purely doing one thing to try and stop. And if he's doing it in the way of like hours at a time to sort of do what he's doing and whatnot, I mean, he's failing once every hour for 300 years. Yeah. yeah. So, that's, and, a, that's a long time. And you can just see the the shortness in when he sort of gets to the end of it. You can see the shortness of, right, I've got this. Do this, do that. Yes, we know. Cool, sweet. Turn here, turn there, push that. Yes, we know you're going to drop it, but don't drop it. Move down here, do that. Sweet. And then he gets to the end and it still doesn't work. You can just see 300 years yep. of absolute pain and heartbreak on his face. Like yeah. Tom Hiddleston oh, nailed it dude, so Dude, he's such a good well. actor, man. He's if you ever get a chance, brilliant. watch him in Night Manager. Oh, so good. That show is incredible. So. Phenomenal. Um, the other, one of the other things I really liked about the series was they didn't bring Kang in. I like yeah, the like Kang that. wasn't in it. It was had they had He Who Remains and they had hmm. um, Timely. Yeah, um, and like He Who Remains just from season one was phenomenal, and yes. he's phenomenal at the end of this series so, as well. So I I actually um, wrote something quickly about that. Like Majors, he's um, I think he I couldn't tell you what I've seen him in in the past, but as I, when I've seen him through like um, as He Who Remains, as Timely, as Kang. So far, I've loved him when he was as He Who Remains. Yep. I didn't like him when he was as timely. Yeah, like, no. I, I just, I don't, I don't, I didn't sort of um, get drawn into the but character. But I, I think timely was meant to be an annoying character. He, I, I, I got that. But even as an annoying character, I just couldn't get drawn in by yep. it. Like even some, like a character that is there to be annoying, that's fine. But the, you still need to sort of be drawn into them as the annoying character, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And Majors has got the capacity to do that, but obviously not with an annoying character. Yeah, like, like he was good as Kang in Quantum Mania. Yep, good as um, Kang. Good I think, as he I think the best I've seen him is, is as He Who Remains. Oh, yeah, phenomenal. Um, and, yeah, so I like that they didn't bring Kang into this one, so they mm. gave those, like, He Who Remains that shining moment. Mm-hmm. Um and pretty much uh, one of the other great moments in the show was when we got to see Mobius on his jet ski <laughs> cruising and then it pulls out and he's not actually on it. He's yep, just selling yep, his yep, jet skis. Yep. No, I actually, I really liked that as a little bit of like a side story, so to speak, with Mobius. Like that was really cool just to see his character, like the sort of that other softer side of him, like with his kids in his jet ski, having yep. some fun. Like I thought that was really, really cool. Like... Um, through season one and uh, through season two, like the biggest thing that you see with Mobius is that he's there riffing with um, with Loki. So yep. it's Loki and Mobius just riffing like the whole time, into, which is awesome on screen. Yeah. But it was good to see taken out of just that and actually giving him a bit more of a other sort of arc, so to speak, yeah. with his story. That, that was <laughs> I did enjoy seeing that. And I thoroughly enjoyed the, um, the scene. I think it was like the third last episode where they're all in the room mm. OB's just built the device yep. and they're about to travel back and then it all goes to spaghetti. Yeah, that's And that's cool. sort of where Loki figures out he can control the power and just that that, was... the emotion when, like, they just disappear mm. one by one and then um, Sylvie's there and he tries mm. to grab Sylvie and she's, yeah. he pauses it all and then rewinds it and he figures out he can mm. do it. That, that was an awesome so, uh, scene. I, I have to say, like, I know that you don't like Sylvie's haircut, but... 
every don't get me started, <laughs> mate. I'm fucking over every, it now. Every and time, just bringing it back. Every time that you see Loki and Sylvie on screen, you can cut and feel the tension, like just throughout. Oh, their chemistry is phenomenal. It together. is incredible, yeah. and and it just um, it's almost like you as soon as you see them both on the screen, it's just there, and it's straight away. Yeah. Like the chemistry is instant. Like it, they don't even have to say anything. They just look at each other, and the way that the the camera work does to show that and portray that, you're just like, oh, "Fuck, right, this is happening," yeah. and it's really, really well done. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And then it's just the ending. Oh, the ending to that show. Which I'm just going to do this again in case you decided to ignore it. The ending to the show is fucking phenomenal. Which mm. I've heard it wasn't the original ending, but I don't really care because that is the ending. It's sensational. Loki just going down there and then just as the as the particles are hitting him and his clothes start to evaporate mm. and then the Loki like the cape yeah. comes out, the horns start to fucking grow mm-hmm. and it just blows up and then he just starts to grab those vines yep. and, they just, yep. and he just sits down and it's like fucking yeah. Yeah. Who's a man? Exactly. Like that was amazing. I mean, it's been amazing to see Tom with Loki's character over the years, like he's been there since pretty much the start. Yep. Watching that whole character arc itself alongside with all the Thor movies, the Avengers movies and everything. It's been amazing to see his character. Um, and, and I thought it was really, really good touch to like see him as the God of Mischief, like growing through the God of Mischief, as we touched on being always the bad guy. But then now having this absolute heavy, heavy burden at the end to be the good guy. And you can sort of see him being, um, oh, what's the word? It, it's not, it's not relief, but it's just almost like it, it almost is like a relief that he's. I know that I have to do this. I know that I'm going to do this for a long time, but I'm doing the right thing. Well, yeah, and you say you say um, burden because he actually um, in he, one of his first lines in Thor is, "I'm blessed with glorious purpose." Good. And then as he yeah. as he's getting it, he says that same line yeah. again. Yeah. And I think the episode is even called "Glorious Blessed with Glorious Purpose" yes. or something yeah, like it that. Is. It is, um, and, and that, that's awesome. Like that's I mean, some that's some good writing right there. Oh, it's incredible writing. Like it, it's so well done, so well thought out. It was amazing. He's done so well in that arc. It's what pro- Loki's probably one of my favorite characters. Just to, on screen, just to watch the whole way through. Yep. It was really, really well done. And, and I mean, I hope to see Tom come back in some way, shape or form. Like this is sort of the end for him. He hasn't signed up to anything in the future that I could see. Like, so at the moment yeah. he's not on anything. I'd love to see him come back as a cameo here and there. I, I reckon, think that would be cool. I reckon he will come back in the, the last Avengers mm. for yeah. this, this thing. He'll come back and cause mm. that'll be the end of the multiverse yep. saga. Yep. So mm. the universes will combine or something and mm. he'll, rock up and do something. I, 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 I think I think that'd be pretty cool to see. I mean the the um what is it? The God of Stories coming through to do his stuff. Yeah. So yeah, he'll definitely he'll be back hundred percent. Mm. Yeah. He said how much he loves playing the character multiple times. Mm. So um but yeah it was a great series and I'm glad it happened. Oh one hundred percent. Oh the um so now that he is the the God of Stories and like he's up there holding all the strings of time mm. and whatnot. I can't remember what other show it was, but there was strings in it where um, they're actually green. 
So they foreshadowed it in something else, but I can't remember what it was now. I was reading into it. So it was one of the obvious, the more recent movies. Okay. Yeah. So there was some foreshadowing where apparently there was um, like some travel through multiverse and whatnot. And there was actually some strings which had the, the green through them in it as well. There you go. I it probably will, would have been Doctor Strange, I'd say. I thought, I couldn't remember if it was Strange or if it happened in um, the Spider-Man. I, I thought it was oh, one of yeah, those yeah, two, that, yeah. but either way, I, I've seen that and I just thought, oh, cool. God, they're fucking good at this shit. Oh, yeah, fight <laughs> Kevin Feige, man. That dude knows what he's doing. He's mm. he's 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 a smart man. Yeah, very smart man. Alrighty, and... Okay, so on to some comics now. Uh, so this one, we are just going to talk through... Um, just some of our recommendations for comics, not just necessarily for Christmas or anything like that. These are just some of our comics that we thoroughly enjoy reading that we just, if you haven't read them, we're chucking them out there for you. Um, so why don't you start with your first one? Sure. I'll start off. So, um, people who know me know that I'm quite heavily into Batman and whatnot. So all things Batman love. Cause I'm Batman. Exactly. Never seen me and Batman in the same room. So... I, if you're Batman with your beard, I think people <laughs> would figure out you're fucking Batman. Look, I, I tend to agree. <laughs> um, so I chose uh, Tower of Babel as my first one. Okay, so I've, re- I've read that. Yeah. Tower of Babel is actually a Justice League um, comic, yep. but it's heavily focused around Batman. As most things usually are. As most things usually are. So in essence, um, as we know, Batman's the tactician. Yep. So he's got he's got a plan for everything. So through various Batman arcs, he gathers intel on the Justice League and has plans to overcome combat should anything go wrong. Now, this particular one was written around um, the time where they had the Injustice League and the Injustice League took control of the Justice League's bodies. So this, this is sort of like an arc off of that where, right, there's a way for people to infiltrate the Justice League. So I, as Batman, need to be able to stop all of them. Yep. So Ra's al Ghul breaks into the Bat computer, gets all that information, um, and then uses that information against all of the um, all the heroes, uh, the Justice League. So Red Kryptonite to against Superman. Um, he uses... Um, I wrote it down. There's... Uh, so, yeah, Red Kryptonite against Superman. He's against the Martin, Martian Manhunter. He's actually got like a magnesium skin where they can turn his magnesium yep. skin so he bursts into flame yep. all the time. Um, he's got countermeasures for all of them in some way, shape or form to basically render them useless. I think they actually did that in a episode of the Justice League cartoon as well, from memory. Yeah, but more than likely. Yeah. And, and the idea was that Ra's al Ghul was trying to take over the world, so he sets up the Tower of Babel. The Tower of Babel comes in two waves where people first can't... I think first they can't understand anything in the written word. It mixes everything up. But then the second part is that they can't understand the language. So if you're talking like this, it just comes out in pure Babel. Okay, Tower of Babel, yeah. Exactly, so Tower of Babel. And then so... Sort of goes down that route. Um, once all the Justice League come good from what's happening, um, Batman goes through. I, th- I think Batman helps him, but helps them, but he's unable to help them at first because Raz is gone and stolen, um, uh, gone and grave robbed Martha and Thomas Wayne. So, oh, Jesus. Yeah, right. so that, that happens in it as well. Um, and then there's also 
basically Raz is doing his plan. Batman then starts to help all the rest of them. And as he's helping all the rest of them, he sort of says, right, guys, this is how Raz was able to get in top of you. So he said, look, I've got a file on all of you and I have ways to fuck you up. <laughs> and then the Justice League go, right, we'll deal with you later. We've got to go stop what's happening in the world. So Justice League comes through, saves everything. But it has a really, really cool ending where basically the Justice League have to go and do a vote as to whether Batman stays in there. And um, the way that that's written is really, really well done in that it's a split vote. Superman's the last one to make the vote. Batman knows that it's he's the last one to make the vote, so Batman just leaves. And Superman walks out and says, oh, well, he left because he knew how I would vote type thing. Yep. And that's that's more or less where it ends. Really, really well written. Um, the comic, the um, panels and the strips and whatnot, they're really, really nice. Um, it is a little bit older, but it is, yeah, still still holds up well. I only read it oh, within the last five or six years. Nice. Really, really good. All right. All righty. Whilst we're on Batman, we I might as well continue with one of my selections, which is a Batman, and that is Batman No Man's Land. I have not actually read that. Oh, she's good. So this one is a big one too. So it's five trade backs. Um, it starts off in another trade back called Cataclysm, and essentially an earthquake hits Gotham, and pretty much destroys most of Gotham. And it gets segregated, uh, like so much, and all the criminals start taking it over. And the U.S. government's pretty much all right. Gotham is a no man's land, mm -hmm. so it's no longer a part of America. Right. And at the start of it, while this happens, Bruce isn't in Gotham. He's off, so he can't get back in. So he's at the start of no man's land. He's got to try and get back into Gotham. Uh, so the Bat Team, and this is older Batman. So there's none of the robot Batman and all that kind of shit. Sure. Uh, essentially, you've got. Uh, Nightwing, I think Nightwing thing it, uh, but you've got like Batgirl, Cassandra Kane, Batgirl. Mm -hmm. You've got Oracle, um, Nightwing, Robin, Spoiler. Um, so you, just your core OG kind of Bat crew, Bat sure. family. Um, and essentially, what happens is all the villains from um, Batman's Rogue Gallery start taking over different sections of Gotham, and it's pretty much just um, the Bat family trying to take back Gotham. I, this is, um, uh, I believe they I can, did it in Gotham, the series Gotham. So Gotham, I've seen, I, I haven't seen the last season of Gotham, but what I was going to say is it sounds heavily like, um, I'm trying to remember if it's Arkham City, the game, or if it's, um, I'm pretty sure it's Arkham City. It might be, yeah. They might, uh, I've it's, never played it, but yeah. It, I'm 99% Arkham City heavily revolves around, um, that, I mean, yeah. The first, uh, the, the first game's Arkham Asylum. They sort of everyone breaks out, and then they're in the city. So whilst they're in the city, they mm. take over various parts of the city, and it becomes no man's land. They shut the bridges, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. So pretty much that's yeah. that's essentially this story. Yeah. Um, it's good because it showcases all the different Bat family. Mm -hmm. So this is also before Damien as well. So yep. Damien's not in it, mm -hmm. um, and uh, I think at this point, spoiler had been Robin. But then she went back to being spoiler. Sure. Because uh, Batman pretty much said, you're a piece of shit. You're not good at being Robin, so fuck <laughs> off. Um, but eventually, um, Superman comes to help and he mm. flies down. He's like, I'm here to help. And Batman just goes, fuck off. <laughs> this is my city. Go away. Yeah. This is the one place you don't go. Yeah. And essentially, it's just it's a great series because it showcases all the villains, showcases all the Bat families. When Cassandra Cain was um, 
she had like the sewn up mouth mm-hmm. and she couldn't speak. So she only spoke, she could speak through body language. All right. So all she did was fight people and stuff because she was just an assassin. <laughs> um, so it was just it was a phenomenal series. And like, I can't really say much without giving huge plot points away. Oh, I just um, gave all of them away yeah. when I said it, but I will. But it's, um, <laughs> oh, pr- uh, and there's also, <laughs> there's also a lot that happens in it, a lot, because it is five trade backs worth of story. Mm. Um, but yeah, Batman No Man's Land, highly recommend it. Um, on to your next pick. All right. Uh, my next one, I'll try not to uh, spoil it as much as what I did in the first one, but is Preacher. Oh yeah, preacher by Garth Ennis. Um, so is it is this preacher or is it called is it Hellblazer? Preacher. So it's preacher. It is preacher. preacher. Yeah, okay. it's called preacher. So some people would know um, there is a TV series now that they've got called Preacher, which was based on it. Really good TV show. If you have or haven't watched it, go give it a watch. Um, from memory, I think I've watched season one and. Two, I'm pretty sure they have finished. Three, I can't remember. Oh, the show's started. Done. Four, the show's done. The yeah, show is four done. seasons. Four done. seasons. Yeah, cool. Um, shows how long since I've watched it. But anyways, the the comic itself is really really good. Like Garth Ennis is a brilliant writer. Um, it's um, basically about a preacher who's uh, an ex criminal in some way, shape, or form. Comes to a little Texan town and just becomes a preacher in the little Texan town. And um, he just sort of, his name's Jesse Custer. He comes back to that particular town because he's got history there with his family. Like his family is um, a bit of a backwards family within that town and whatnot. Um, As a sort of given being preacher, it does have religious ties, but they are not religious ties how you would think. No. Um, Whatsoever. Not in the slightest. There is a lot of (laughs) gore death and all sorts in this. Yeah. I mean, there's a character in it called Arseface. Tries, L- tried to commit suicide with a shotgun, but stuffed up so his mouth looks like an ass now. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And like that, even that whole character arc is is well written yeah, and whatnot. So. Let's just say he meets Hitler. It, yes, he meets he meets Hitler, like, and, and that just goes to play. Like, yes, it's got religious elements. Yes, it's got heaven and hell. But I mean, a guy called Arseface meets Hitler. That it just sets the tone yeah. of the story. So I mean, essentially, gets, from memory, he gets the voice of God. Doesn't he, get, he? he gets the they call it the voice of yeah. God. It's um, it's a thing called Genesis. Yeah. Which is, and Genesis is the love child of an angel and a demon. Yeah. So love child, angel, demon. It was being kept up in heaven. It got loose and got to Jesse Custer and they call it the voice of God. So he can basically say, or you stop and you stop. Yeah. And uh, his best friends, his best mate's a vampire. Yeah, an Irish vampire. Yeah, Irish vampire. Which is, which is an, an alcoholic, a drug abusing Irish vampire. And his arc as well is awesome. And the, the girlfriend, um, Tulip, I think it is. Tulip, yep, yep. Tulip. Um, who, again, she's just... Uh, Girl, a, a badass chick who wants to be with Jesse again, and, used to be and sort ex, of that. Yeah, ex cons before he went back to being a preacher. Um, without saying, t- there's other things that I sort of want to say, but don't want to ruin the comic. Yeah, it's, no, it's, don't say. I mean, it's it's it's, it's yeah. worth a read. The shows. I don't think the show did it justice. I think season one was awesome. From what I watched of season two, I don't think it was uh, as no, good. They are good. All the shows, all the seasons are good um, because it is. It's produced though. by produced by Evan Goldberg and Seth Rogen, mm. so they're massive comic book nerds. Mm. So it's 
they did it. They did it justice, but um, it's not as good as the comic. That, that's probably a better way to put it. Yeah. They're, they're not as good as the comic. Yeah. Um, speaking of Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg as producing partners, uh, my next comic uh, is got a cartoon currently out on Prime TV, <laughs> produced by these boys, and it is called Invincible. That cartoon is incredible. Oh, the comic. <laughs> so essentially, if you haven't watched the cartoon yet, the comic is essentially. Uh, it's created by the same creative team that did The Walking Dead, mm-hmm. um, and it's their take on the superheroes. But it's kind of a piss take at one moment, but then serious at the same at a time. Not like the boys takes a piss take. It's more um, more on the serious side, but then they kind of poke fun kind of things. So like the first cup, the first um, sort of bit you've seen it in the cartoon. It's in the start of the comics, essentially. Uh, you've got Invincible, who is Mark Grayson. He's the main character. He's a young kid. His dad is essentially Superman. Um, and Mark gets his powers, finally, when he turns... I think when he's 16, he gets his powers. He's essentially Superman as well. What, what are they, Vitrullians or something uh, like that? Or then... I was going to say Voltron. They're not Voltron. <laughs> they're, they're not five lines that form into a mech. Um it's something starts, like that. Yeah, anyways. it starts with V. I can't remember. Uh, Viltrumites. That's it. Um, so essentially, he's a Viltrumite, um, and you don't find out until later in the series, which the cartoon's out now. So I'll say it anyway. Um, essentially, Omni Man was sent to Earth to prepare it for ta- uh, for being taken over by the Viltrumites. Mm-hmm. That's what they do. They spread throughout the galaxy and they take planets over, put them under their rule because they are they feel they're the most powerful race on Earth. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Well, so, not on Earth, in the galaxy. Oh, in the galaxy, sorry. Yeah, so Omni-Man was sent there. Um, you find this out later uh, towards the end of the season and I think it's like book 12 or something. But you find out that he, Omni-Man's bad at the start because he's not a part of the, their Justice League, which I can't remember what they're called. Um but he essentially walks in and they're like, hey, you, and he just fucking murders, like mm. flat out, just murders them. It's an it's an awesome opening to a comic cartoon. Oh, phenomenal. <laughs> just flat out destroys them. Um, and then it proceeds to just get fantastic. Like mm-hmm. there's time travel. There's the Invincible War, which is there's multiple Mark Grayson Invincibles from mm. multiple different dimensions all come, but most of them are evil. I think they're touching on um, on that. In they're doing that in season now. two yeah. in the cartoon, yeah, now. Um, and then there's intergalactic battles, so they go to multiple different planets. Um, then he gets multiple different family members. Um, <laughs> like, it does every trope you can think of a superhero mm. comic to do, it does, and it does it super well. Uh, and the comic is finished, so you can read it all. Uh, so if you want to beat the series, go ahead and do it because it's sensational. Like, it's everything you want to see in a comic, they did in this comic. <laughs> it's great. Now, it's done by image, so every now and then you'll see a couple, like I think Savage Dragon is in a couple of issues as like a... Um, I think he's at the funeral of the Justice League people and stuff like that. So you see a couple of image characters pop up here and there. Um, but no, it's it's really, really good and I highly recommend I think it's 100 and 120 issues or something like that. Right. But I think they've got compend- like two compendiums out now that you can okay. get and read. But yeah, highly recommend it. <laughs> uh, all right, for my last one, um, I went back a little more mainstream. It's a Marvel comic and it is Planet Hulk. Oh, so good. 
So Planet Hulk is um, so w- which one was it? it was Thor Thor Ragnarok. Ragnarok. So Thor Ragnarok has loose ties to Planet Hulk. When I say loose ties, as in it's on the same planet, Hulk's there. That's about it. <laughs> so it's, um, there's a few other ties, but they're the main. The way ones. Hulk got there was very different. Exactly. In the comics, it's the Illuminati who yep. are like I'm yep. the smartest people on earth. So Iron Man, Mister Fantastic, yep. and all that. They're like Hulk's too dangerous. Put him in a mm. pod, and they send him off, and he ended up on Scar. That is literally what happens. And then when he gets there, he he, he um, gets hit with one of those, the bands, same as what happened to Thor. Like he, he gets one of the bands, he becomes under their control, has to fight in the arenas. But it's a much more of a bloodbath type um, thing where he's just trying to survive in a realm where he's becoming the champion and whatnot. Um, so yes, that is the same. He does become the champion, but um, he doesn't get that Lux life. He still just sits down in the dungeons and whatnot. Yeah, and he um, eventually becomes like a sort of rebellious leader. Yeah, you know, with, kind of stuff. still has Meek and Korg, but rather than Meek and Korg being friends with Thor, they're actually friends with Hulk and that, that sort of, that bands together quite well. It's really cool to watch that happen. And he's not um, an idiot like he is in the uh, in the movie. He's yeah, very exactly. Much a, he's but he's also he's not no- smart Hulk. He's yeah. just like aggressive lad Hulk. Mm. <laughs> and it, and it's well written too. Like even like the way it's still Hulk does this. Like to sort of um, talking, but it's not Hulk smash. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually yeah. it's got some intelligible because he's been he's been Hulk for a long time. He can't it's, turn it, back to yeah, Bruce. It's Kenny. the same thing. He's been that for several years as um, as Hulk. Yeah. Um, Look, really, 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 really good comic. It is awesome. Um, I mean, you've got the arena fights. You've got him sort of rising up to um, try and take on the tyrants of the of the planet and whatnot. Um, again, I'm trying not to pull too many things through without spoiling it. Um, it and sets up the next comic being World War World Hulk, War Hulk oh. which is... It's Equally not, as good. I, I I prefer Planet Hulk. Oh, Planet Hulk but, was much better, yeah. But it's very, very close behind. Yep. So yep. Um, it, it's one that when I got it, I got recommended by my cousin and I just got straight into it and it was really, really fucking good. Yeah. Yes, very much so. Um, all right. My last one is a comic that not many people have probably heard about. It's been, I think from memory, it's been through a couple of different um, publication houses and stuff. Uh, it is Hack Slash. So essentially Hack Slash follows a girl named, I think Cassie Hack from memory, uh, normal teenage girl, and her mum, who is a lunch lady, becomes what they call in the comics a slasher. So essentially she it's kind of like a demony kind of thing, <laughs> slasher. And eventually that leads Cassie to becoming a, a slasher um, sort of protector. Like she takes out slashes. So she travels around and eventually she gets her friend Vlad, who himself is a slasher, but he's like a good slasher. And he's like a Jason Mask style thing on. And they just travel around. Every issue they travel around and they just kill slashes. But the cool thing about it is um, they draw in some of the big name slashes from movies and stuff like that. Like mm. one issue, she fights um, Chucky. Right. Uh, another one, she I think from memory, she's, they fought Jason. Um, uh, Eddie Evil, who's an old comic book character, mm. they fought him. Um, lots of different sort of famous things. One, she's officially a suicide girl. 
Right. So the, the suicide girl models, the real life models and all yeah. that kind of stuff, the website, she's officially a suicide girl. There was an issue where she had to go help the suicide girls take out a slasher. Right. And she was had like a full post, like full profile on the website and real life and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, and like she's it's done like the school camp tropes. Like any slasher film you like, they've right. done these tropes. So, in this so it's just purely like it's... Just um, drawing on all of those slasher films yeah, yeah. for ideas and just putting it on comic, but actually using the characters that we know and love from all those that's slashes actually, and yeah, bringing yeah. it. That's it's awesome. really good. And it's, um, there's a few issues where Vamp- Vamprella, mm. um, famous comic book director, been around for a long A lot of people know her from people, girls dressing her as a Comic Con, where it's pretty much the big red G string, the Borat style G string, mm. but on a female. Uh, she's a vampire, alien vampire from another world kind mm-hmm. of thing. She's been in a few episodes. Her and Vlad have a thing, um, <laughs> which is quite funny because Vlad is very much like Hulk. He's just an idiot kind of me want to kill people sure, kind, of slasher sure. kind of thing. So is it is it um, more of a comical, comically written as in trying to be on the lighter half, side? or Half-half. So mm. half the time it's more comical. She's mm. very – I'd compare it to Supernatural. Sure. In that vibe that Supernatural now is where it's serious at times, but then it's also while they're fighting, they're taking the piss kind of thing. Yeah, okay. So I, I compare it kind of to that. Like in no, it's not the same same stories or anything like that, but it's that same similar vibe. And just the sheer fact there's four compendiums mm-hmm. of it, I think. Um, and they've just restarted in another couple of episodes uh, where... She's given up the life and she's living in a trailer. Um, Vlad's dead. She's given up the life, living in a trailer in the middle of nowhere, but then all of a sudden zombies start knocking on her front door, so she has to kill them. Then she gets a phone call from uh, a, her auntie who runs a camp. She has to go to the camp. And the camp is actually a camp for young t- kids to be taught how to kill slashes right. and stuff like this. And um, There's a doctor there who's raising dead people. She he brings Vlad back to life and all this kind of stuff. It's it's weird, weird shit, but it's just thoroughly enjoyable to read. Um, And I highly, highly recommend people get out there and give it a squeeze. It's it's really enjoyable. Uh, Very good. Um, All right, that is pretty much. Oh no, actually, wait. We have got one more thing to talk about. Oh, I pressed the wrong button. That's embarrassing. Gaming. Gaming. We're going to talk about the Blade trailer that just dropped. I thought I'd throw it in there because we bring the video game audience along as well. I mean... <laughs> For the thoroughly amount of stuff that was in this trailer. Exactly, exactly. I mean, it gives nothing away. <laughs> Essentially, uh, for those of you who haven't watched it, uh, you should watch it. <clears throat> Essentially, it's Blade and a barber. Mm. getting a trim, a siren goes off, he puts all his gear on, pulls out his blade and goes, this mm. is going to be a long night. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I suppose the thing that got me excited for it is that it's um, it's got the potential to be really, really good gameplay, just depending on how they approach it. Um, the mob who are making it are Arcane Lion. Now, I had a quick look at some of their games. They do like the Dishonored series, the Wolfensteins and whatnot. They seem to be a little more inclined to first-person shooters. Okay, yep. But I just can't see this Just, being no. along those no, lines. No, this would have to be a third person uh, for exactly. sure. It have to be a third person, but it's going to be interesting to see what 
the gameplay actually is like is it going to be like a, a completely um guided mission based thing like similar to a first person shooter is it going to go down the world the route of being like an open world rpg or is it going to be a combination of the two where it's like got that story drive to take you to particular places but you got the option to go to other things like I'm, i hope it's a combination i'm going to chuck it out there and just say it's probably going to end up being open world rpg spider-man well style <sighs> Because this is how successful Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2 has been. Yes. I reckon it'll be a very similar vein to Spider-Man. See, I, I would love for that. I just think it would play better. Um, as long as they don't overcomplicate it. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's a different company than who did um, the Spider-Man series. So, um, like that in itself, we'll see how that plays out. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Well, I mean, the trailer got me interested. Mm. I'd, um, I'd like to see some gameplay. Like, Some gameplay trailer. Like I've said before, I'm not a big video game player. Mm. Um, I'm more of a board game player, but it got me interested and mm. I don't have a next-gen console, so I'm probably not going to play it. <laughs> um, but look, it looks interesting. Um, if someone gets it, I might have a, have a crack at it. Mm. But um, yeah, it I'll looks look, good. Oh, look, The trailer one, looked good. It's one of those things where it'll probably... Be, I'll see how the next uh, six months go as to what other games come out, but I've already got games on like the PS5 that I want to play that I'm kind of like... Oh, <laughs> I don't have a PS5. When I, I get would. time. Yeah, and that's the other part. Also, the $1,000 to buy the machine. Uh, they've come down a little bit. No, no, no. Can you actually <laughs> buy them now? Yeah, yeah, you can get them now. Because wasn't there a massive oh, shortage, a massive for shortage a while when there. they first came out? And I don't know what the wait list was because I wasn't concerned because I wasn't, I was definitely not getting one straight off the bat, but um, it's getting more and more likely. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, that's uh, that's it for this episode of Frantic Nerdcast. I'd like to thank you very much for joining us. Don't forget to uh, go to your favorite podcast place and subscribe to follow us. Uh, head to the Facebook page, give us a follow, give us a comment on there. Um, yeah, and we'll see you next episode, I guess. Yeah, share that stuff around. Get as many of your friends involved and uh, come along for the journey. So thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening. See you guys.